I was sheriff of this county when I was 25 years old. Hard to believe. My grandfather was a lawman. Father, too. Me and him were sheriffs at the same time, him up in Plano and me out here. I think he's pretty proud of that. I know I was. Some of the old-time sheriffs never even wore a gun. A lot of folks find that hard to believe. Jim Scarborough never carried one. That's the younger Jim. Gaston Borkins wouldn't wear one up in Comanche County. I always like to hear about the old-timers. Never missed a chance to do so. You can't help but compare yourself against the old-timers. Can't help but wonder how they'd operated these times. Welcome, welcome, faithful listeners. Well, quasi-faithful, we weren't on last week, but thank you for listening this week. Uh, this is Pottoid45, just scatter shots, just random, random news shit this week. Uh, joining me today are the lovely Tiff Chow. Hello, everyone. The, the lovelier Erlen Mindy. <laughs> I'm lovelier, which yeah, is totally not, not true, because <laughs> I, at GDC I was lusting after Tiff the whole time. That's all I was doing. Oh, stop. Made me motherfucking <laughs> jealous. <laughs> and by far the loveliest Jim Sterling. Arse sandwiches. All right, games of the week, right off the bat. Have any of you guys been playing anything interesting or cool or shitty that you want to tell the, the, the listeners about? Jim? I've only been playing one game all week. And to steal a phrase from someone on another podcast, it was the best week ever! Because... <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing Dynasty Warriors 6, and and it's great, because you only need to press one button, so you don't have to think about what you're doing, so you could think about filing your tax returns while you're playing it, it's great, (laughs) I love it, and and Simi Yi has finger whips, and he waves them around, and he spins people in webs, and he knocks other people around, and it's so awesome, and... There's this other stuff, and there is Lubu, and he is really strong, and I like him, and it's really good. <laughs> and and if I was Chad, I'd give it, like, five dolphins out of five, but I'm not Chad. I'm more like the anti-Chad, so whatever the opposite of dolphins are, I don't know, five spiders. <laughs> spiders are the opposite of dolphins? <laughs> I think they are. I, 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 I tend to agree, yeah. I, I think they was should that... teach that in school when they teach children, like, opposites. <laughs> Yes, no, up, down, dolphin, spiders. <laughs> so, was Dynasty Warriors good enough to pull you away from Lost Odyssey? Fuck Lost Odyssey, worst game ever made. <laughs> you sound like one of your own commenters. I have Dynasty Warriors now, I don't need games. <laughs> Actually, right, no, I, I promised myself I'd finish Lost Odyssey today, and I didn't touch Lost Odyssey. I just played Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> There's something wrong with me. Oh well. Uh Tiff, anything? Uh not really. I've been pretty busy recovering from the G D C and What? That's two hey. two weeks in a row you haven't played anything. Hey, look, I have a day job that's awfully consuming and I had to What you just eat my... all day. <laughs> okay. That explain you know a lot. Well you anyway. said well, it's, you said it's awfully consuming. But you were saying anyway? You had an anyway? There was something coming? Well, anyway, I've been playing a little bit more of Super Mario Galaxy. I'm sorry that I'm slower than the rest of you all who seem to finish games like left and right, but um, 
I have been very busy, so I did that and also played some games during JDC. But I don't. I guess I'll just list them off. Like I played some of uh, <clears throat> Rich from Pixel Jam stayed at my house uh, during the d- duration of GDC, and so I got to play uh, uh, the beta of uh, Dino Run, which is a new game that they're developing, which is very cool. And because Mr. Dan Paladin and I are pretty chummy, I got to play Castle Crashers some as well. So. Fuck you. <laughs> Have you not played it yet, Aaron? No, I. You know what? Uh, yeah. Long oh man. Oh man. Oh it's man. Good. I'll tell you it's this. I, and this is this is the most shameful thing ever. I was on the show floor twice at GDC, and like when I was gonna go, I was like on the last day, I was like, I'm gonna do everything. I'm gonna go play Castle Crashers. Gonna go play Smash Brothers, which I fucking still haven't played yet. Jeez, God damn it. <laughs> um, I was I was also. Oh, my that, heart bleeds then, for you, Aaron. Oh yeah, well yeah, I know it's it's just a drag because I'm gonna have to wait a whole another like what week and a half. I just can't wait. <laughs> that's too lo- that's too much time. Nine days to wait. I'm not even gonna play it when my review copy comes. I'm just gonna burn it because no, you're not. Anyway. No, but uh, and then when I showed up at three on Friday, that's when they fucking closed. If I showed up just with some withered old bastard turned me away and said, "Nope, show's closed." I'm like, "What the fuck, you guys?" So yeah. I still haven't played Castle Crashers. I want to so badly. That's 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 what evens it out. Then you've played Left 4 Dead, and I've played Castle Crashers. So <laughs> you're gonna hold that even... to me until <laughs> until the game comes out, aren't you? Honestly, I'm so angry. I love yeah. Left 4 Dead. You know, it's great. I played it for like three and a half, four hours. It was fantastic. I played oh Castle God. Crashers for like three to four minutes, but it was like three to four orgasms. So it fucking evens out. I don't even care. <laughs> yeah, I played it for about what four hours, and that's like six. That's like two hundred and forty orgasms, <laughs> <laughs> and it had zombies in it. Ugh. Zombies! Zombie I left the orgasms. Valve offices dripping with jism when I left, dude. It was just wow. Kind of... Was there so a what... monkey in an organ grinder? Program? <laughs> That's <laughs> what Game Tools' day job is. <laughs> um, so, what have you actually been playing this week, uh, Aaron? Um, a couple things. I um. Oh God, what have I been playing? I got a PS3 yesterday, which longtime listeners of Podtoad will know. That's severely out of character for me, but um. Also, long-time gamers will probably know by now that there are um, some worthwhile things to do with the PS3 nowadays, which is kind of cool. So I bit the bullet and picked one up. Got a Ratchet & Clank feature along with it, and I'm a big fan of that. Um, uh, so I've been playing Flow and Ratchet & Clank feature. Um, I got a copy of Lost Planet uh, at GDC, which I haven't really touched yet. Um, so there's that. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, but... Actually, most notably, uh, I've been playing a lot of Patapon, which, um, if if you guys are familiar with it, it's uh, uh, Anthony before the show asked me to speak on this because apparently he thought it was marginally interesting. I do too, in that I I like political science and video games. But if you really think about it, and those of you who have played Patapon, those listeners who have played Patapon know, um, Patapon is kind of like it's it's essentially jihad for kids because um, the story is like this. Okay, there's there's this race of like of the, this tribe of warrior like people called you know the patapon that um are basically tossed out of their homelands by this evil tribe called the zigaton and after which their god abandons them just fucking walks away just says fuck this you guys are you know you guys are lame i'm out of here um <clears throat> so um when you start playing the game and you play the game as the god of the patapons um they are all but completely disbanded there's only one faithful left, and he's this guy, um, Hatapon, who's who's holding the banner and like, no, no, God's going to come back, and you finally do. And once you do, what you do is you lead your people um, back through the homeland to drive out the interlopers and, and reclaim everything that was once yours, or theirs, rather. 
And uh, and the whole time you do it, you know, and to do that, you use this uh, like combination system of instead of you know actually directing your units in any direct fashion, you use beats to tell them what to do. So it's like you hit square, square, uh, square, circle to make them march forward, and they dance and sing along to it and that kind of thing. But when you really think about it, I mean, it's 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 like it's it's tribal warfare, and you are the god who is directing them. It's not like you're whispering dogma into their ear or anything, but you're still being like, okay, let's go, let's do this, and you're driving them to war. They're like, yeah, and then you fucking slaughter and like and destroy everything in your path. So it's, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's tribal holy war for kids. But they're so cute, aren't they? Yeah, I've, I've oh yeah, that's the thing. This... It's the most adorable holy war ever. <laughs> I've now got this image of a little monochrome eyeball riding a plane into the Twin Towers, and it's very disconcerting. <laughs> That's essentially what just, it is. But, but it's... Yeah, exactly. If I'm, if I'm on a plane and I just hear this, pata, 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 I'm going to brick it. Yeah, you're going to be like, oh, shit, shit's going down. No, no, actually, what you should be it's worried a about is... It's uh... with a box cutter, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pon pon patapon is the uh, that's the cue to attack. So if you hear that, and then but if here if you hear dun 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 dun, you should really shit your pants because that means there's a miracle coming, and that means they're gonna make it start raining in the fucking plane. So, I would probably uh, freak out regardless of the patapon connotations. <laughs> regardless of, of what they were saying, if you just saw. Yeah, because that's not that's seat. not a that's not a very set you know that's an unsettling noise to hear under any context. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's a good game, and for twenty bucks, it's like one of the best purchases you can make for the PSP. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, I must admit, I did want to buy a PSP just for that. But now, if there's a promise of seeing Potter Palmer Bin Laden, then I'm really <laughs> looking forward to it. Well, yeah, if it, you know, you figured that would work for a BBL, wouldn't it? Because it's fucking cheap. I, I did, I did Red mm. Star for BBL, and that was twenty bucks. So yeah, you might as well. All right, it's sort of pre-bargain binned. Uh, this week, I've been playing like mostly like 900 little indie games, but I've, I've talked about those before on the on the site. More recently, like three seconds before uh, we, we started this pod toy, I'm playing through the review copy I have of uh, Sam and Max episode, season two, episode four, Chariot of the Dogs. And my God, if there was any episode I needed to show to somebody to prove to them that they need to subscribe to this shit, it would be this. Because it's like, it takes everything I really like about uh, adventure gaming, like specifically time travel puzzles, and then combines it with the. Um, the episodic format of the Sam and Max stuff, like it wraps up all these really neat plot threads in this really clever ass way, and it it's adds foreshadowing to future shit and answers old questions and stuff. And it's just like because I talked to the dude who who the, the CTO of Telltale, and you know, like the stuff he was trying to do sounded really really ambitious. Like I don't know, I don't know if that's really going to work out, but like what they're doing in this episode most recently it was like they're they're really getting to where they want to be, where it actually feels like a like a game TV show, like a TV game episode thing. I'm rambling, but it's good. Check it out. If you're not playing Sam and Max, you fucking should be. That and N plus, obviously. Everybody needs to yeah. get N plus. I'm playing N plus right now. I'm not paying a like, damn word of attention to you, anybody. As as you're talking to us, you're playing N plus. Yes. Good. You're, that's probably a better. <laughs> uh, you're probably using you know your time better anyway. That's that's. No, no, no. I just, I, well, I played the demo and I was like, this is great. And I just thought, well, since I'm sitting here at the computer, rather than waste more time with uh, uh, flow and shit, I was like, oh, I'm sitting here and my you know, Xbox is hooked up. So I was like, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. And plus, I can play it afterwards. And I started playing it and then I didn't stop. So, But, you know, it, it could be worse. You know, Nex used to play World of Warcraft um, while he was supposed to be hosting. So, you know, <laughs> well, you I used to whack it when I hosted. So, I mean, there are any number <laughs> of things that I could be doing that could be really detracting from the uh, overall Lindy experience on Podtoid. Comparatively, I feel like a really boring ass host now. So, with that in mind, <laughs> let's move into our our news topics. 
Uh, well, actually, not our news topics. First, we're going to do a little quick GDC wrap-up where just essentially for anybody, all of us, uh, probably not Jim because Jim doesn't give a shit, but what was your favorite thing that happened that came out of GDC or that you saw on GDC or that just essentially you got from the whole event? Tiff? Well, so as I was explaining before, I didn't actually attend the GDC, the conference. Um, I had to work during that week, but it was an awful joy and an immense pleasure to welcome all the Destructoid editors, um, a lot who crashed at my house for the first couple of days um, and played games and stuff, so that was fun. Um, But my most favorite memory of the GDC experience was we all went to uh, the Telltale party on Monday night, and it was at this place called Cellar that was near downtown San Francisco. And, uh, of course, it was open bar, and there were zombie makeovers as well. So Nick Chester actually indulged in that and got zombified, which was pretty cool. But the coolest part was that Steve Purcell, uh, the uh, artist and man behind Sam and Max himself, um, was there. And I didn't really know he was there at first, and it took a couple of drinks to really know that he was there. And... Once I realized that he was there, I started, you know, uh, squeezing fangirl juice from every orifice and just, you know, Ew. went up to him. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's, wait a minute, it's, wait a minute. I, I routinely talk about cute. jizzing myself on this show. Like, that, that shouldn't gross me out. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's cute. Fangirl juice is really cute, I promise. Well, we call it juice, not so much, you know, but that's just well, me. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, Ew, so God I damn. <laughs> so I saw Steve Frisell and I was like, man, I got to I got to take a picture with this guy at least. So Chad and I, you know, we've had a couple of drinks and the shots or whatever. We go up to him and I, I start telling him how much I love his work and I get a picture with him. And then some other guy asks him to draw something for him. So I'm like, oh, man, I have to do the same thing. So I go up to the bar and I grab like eight cocktail napkins and I hand him one and I ask him to uh, to draw something for me. And of course, he he agrees and I'm talking to him about things and I tell him to make it out to dot tiff for obvious reasons. And so on on the actual drawing I did a community blog post about this but on the actual drawing there's a picture of Max and he's saying that's not a real name um, in response to that tiff and and, <laughs> that's and then awesome. Steve, yeah it's pretty awesome and then Steve Purcell signed it and everything and I grabbed it and I was really really happy and squeeing about it and everything and because it was dark and because I was kind of drunk, like I put it in my bag and then went to go fish it out to go show someone and I couldn't find it. And I, I like frantically looked through my purse and I still couldn't find it. And I was going to get really upset because I had just lost like the best thing ever. But Steve Purcell noticed that I had lost it and he offered to draw another drawing. So Aww. he drew me a second drawing, this time with Max with a halo as to signify his co- returning from the dead of the last one that I had lost and saying again, uh, that's not a real name. I feel like I've said this before. And then <laughs> drew um, Sam, yeah, Sam's <coughs> head left floating and saying, I'm a floating head. So the second drawing was even better than the first. And then I found the first one later. So now, in effect, I have this very tiny, like, cocktail napkin Series of comic comics. Yeah. By Seat Brazil. So I am a very pleased princess over here. <laughs> See, Aaron? fuck you. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, that's, does that's does so anything match up to that? Like, no, I, I got nothing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, met a lot of, I met a lot of really cool people. I got to talk to you. Uh, I, I went to the, uh, well, I don't know. I, I think that the... 
the portal postmortem. Um, there were a lot of really cool things, but I think that I think that the portal postmortem really wrapped up in in many ways what I loved and hated about the game developers conference because. Um, well, and it's not really what I hated. It just was a minor annoyance. But um, I didn't this did, I didn't reflect this in my uh, in my uh, write up about the lecture because um, I my laptop ran on batteries and I was kind of fucked eight ways from Sunday on the laptop department anyway. But um, yeah, that was a fun week. Um, but okay, so Eric Wolpaw, um, who you know, writer of Portal, formerly of Double Fine and Old Man Murray, and all around great guy, and uh, Kim Swift. Um, who uh, was a lead designer, we're speaking, and if you guys haven't read it, it's a brilliant write-up. I did a fantastic job. Go read it. Um, <laughs> but the one, thing, the one thing I didn't actually catch with it was the Q&A session of, of this. Uh, and Anthony, I forget, did you manage to get to that lecture or not? No. I was oh, okay. uh, doing another Yeah, the lines stretched to fucking infinity. Like, it was ridiculous. That was probably the, one of the biggest events of the show. I mean, it was nuts. Full to capacity, standing room only, and then they had to turn a lot of people away. Um, so afterwards, after the uh, the initial, you know, round of um, you know lecture where they basically explained uh, Portal's development and all that, um, they had a little question and answer session, and uh, some of the questions were pretty, you know, reasonable and that kind of thing. I mean, they had, we had some people that were like, you know, oh, what did you do with this, and and you know, what's it? Did you guys, you know, set out to write a funny game, or was that something that was developed along the way, or what have you? But then you had a lot of dumb fucking retards who were like, so is the cake a lie? Ugh. Uh, yeah, just let that sink in for a minute. Let that, let that, <laughs> now, now, imagine being who, that person. Who asked that, who asked that question? Did well, they have some fucking douchebag. Oh, somebody I, stood in line to ask that. That's yeah. so fucking insulting. <laughs> oh, and then someone else asked uh, if, um, if uh, GLaDOS was a cyborg. Or not, not GLaDOS, I'm sorry, Chell was a cyborg. <laughs> like seriously, you're at the fucking game developers conference. You have a chance to ask two of the most, like you know, like two of the most uh, two designers who had one of the greatest years. I mean, that was like one of the biggest, most standout, impre- you know, th- that game was huge. And that's what you fucking ask them. If they were okay, they, there's two possibilities: either that person was a game developer or a student or press, and either one of those people doesn't matter which fucking group you fall into. We had no excuse to ask a question that fucking dumb. Is Chella cyborg? Are you fucking kidding me? Like you could ask them all kinds of questions about you know, you know what? Did, why did you guys do this? Or what? What was your ethic in going into this? Or what was your technique with this? Or blah blah blah. No, fuck that. Is Chella cyborg? Are you God damn it? Do so you think I was asking a question like that might have something to do with the fact that from now on it's going to be invite only? I think <laughs> it's certainly possible. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, one of the organizers um, heard is the cake a lie, and he just sort of and he just <laughs> he he grabbed for a razor to like open one of his veins. He's like, you know what? There's a better way to do this. And yeah, and then someone was like, friends come to GDC next year. Yeah, yeah. Someone was like, no, wait, stop, don't do that. There's a better way. I, I'll I'll make some calls, and then yeah. But like, so that that really kind of depressed me. But I, I hung out afterwards, and um, just so I could speak to Eric Wolpa and um, and Kim, and you know, Kim's great. Um. But uh, it, it was great because there was this huge crowd of people around Kim Swift, like just like, oh my god, you go, da, 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 go, go out with me, go out with me. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm sitting there waiting for Eric, and then see this was this was okay. This is again one of the greatest things, but also one of the most depressing is because, okay, I had this really I wanted to ask him a specific question, but once I got up there, I just shut down, and the only thing I could do was tell him, um, you know, I said like, dude, you have no idea how you know how much I admire your work. And then I basically went on to explain him in gibberish speak, which is Lindy when he gets really excited and starts completely. Um, that, uh, that when I was in college, I wrote my, um, I, when I, after 
right before I graduated last year, last June, uh, my senior project for you know my creative writing major was um, kind of one big write up on the uh, on like narrative technique and narrative possibility in video games. And Portal came out a couple months later. And after, you know, like when I had my presentation, the, the people that were kind of looking it over and shit were saying like, uh, you know, I don't really get this. I don't really know what you're going for, blah, blah, blah. And they kind of gave me a lot of shit about it because they didn't get it. Um, and then I sent uh, videos and kind of a synopsis of Portal to one of my professors afterwards, uh, after the fact, after the game had come out, and said, this is what I'm fucking talking about. And she actually got, she played the game on her son's Xbox. And she's like, I totally get it now. So I was like so relieved. I was like vindicated after graduation. And I told him about that. And he was just kind of like, yeah, cool. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, God. Oh, God. I just geeked out in front of Eric Wolpa. I have to kill myself now. So, But, you know, he's a great guy. Kim Swiss awesome. That that was kind of, I think, uh, but that in, in a nutshell is kind of like what I loved about GDC was being able to talk shop with all these people who I admire so, so much. And not even the prolific developers, like even the, the, the indie people, all the indie people that we met. And uh, everyone, it was just awesome. And the cool thing was that, you know, it's not like E3 where it's people trying to shill shit and, you know, oh my God, you know, report on this so people will buy it, that kind of thing. It's people who are there because they make games and because they love games and because they're passionate about what they do. And it's not about, I'm so excited to sell this, it's I'm so excited to make this. And you don't really get that atmosphere at many places. That was definitely the vibe I got from GD. Like, like you were saying, my, my probably my favorite thing about it was, was A, seeing, you know, you guys and the destructive people. Uh, but also just going to talk to like people like not only like Peter Molyneux and Ken Levine and and all those guys and like you know they're all super like ridiculously nice but like Rod Humble and Jonathan Blow and all these indie developers like all the indie developers everybody I talked to was really nice except for the dude that made Crayon Physics Deluxe and I think he's he's allowed to be kind of a dick because he just won um, the IGF award for best game and I asked him kind of a, a stupid ass question he was kind of a dick because I asked him a stupid ass question I was like so when is this coming out and he just is immediately like in this really thick like Finnish accent. He's just like, I do not believe, I, I can't do a Finnish accent, so I'm just going to do it like in a weird voice. But he's like, I do not believe in uh, release dates or design documents. It's just, it's stupid. It's silly. What if I want to add something? There's no point. So I'm like, okay, fine. So, <laughs> a, a simple, I don't know, would have been fine or a when it's done, I would have set for, but the, um, it was, it was, that shit was great, but even better than that in its own weird way. And I'm sort of ashamed to say this for several reasons. But uh, WonderCon was right after GDC. It was like the day after GDC WonderCon started up. And I went to WonderCon just to shoot the shit until Dyson was having his party that I could go to that night. And while I was at WonderCon, within like three minutes of my getting there, I saw a fucking Dalek. And I freaked yes. the fuck out. <laughs> yes! Like, like, I was next to Chad at Conselmo, and I literally jumped into the air and, and let out a yelp. And he was like, what's going on? Because I'm never, I'm not happy around people so when chad saw me like freak out like that he's like what's going on like he thought i was having a heart attack i was like i was like your one fucking job today chad you get me your one fucking job is to get a picture of me with that goddamn motherfucking dalek he's like okay whatever (laughs) he was like scared and i went down and the fucking thing was like moving it looked exactly like one of the ones from the show and it like it was moving on its own accord and there was a dude next to addressed as the doctor who had the exact suit and a a little sonic screwdriver and i went down i asked him for a picture and stuff like that and i just turned to him i'm like is 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 there like somebody inside of this because it's moving and he just looks at me with a complete straight face goes it's a dalek and i was like yes and then i, I just had charlie sue take a picture of me and that's probably i probably die now i, I love that having, you totally accepted that as a completely reasonable answer again uh, yeah, that's that's i mean that's the, that's the only rational response to some, some question like that is it's a dalek what else do you need to know uh that that's that's my nerd out moment anyway um 
Was there any? But this this sort of feeds into our, our one of our discussions we were going to talk to. Like Jim, before we we started, you were telling me that not really much came out that whet your appetite for GDC. But the X and A games did come out during GDC, and you you showed some interest in those. Do you want to talk about those? <coughs> yeah, but I also said that I've only played two games on it. Yeah, that's true. But I, I only did two. But I mean, there were still there's still a lot to talk about. But in it terms looks of really interesting. No, I, I, it does look really interesting. Like, and um, someone I was playing one of the games on it on. Um, on the 360, and I think D-Try um, sent me a voice message just saying, what's it like? Because he couldn't be fucked to download it. Um, and I just said, I said, it's pretty good, you know, it's like it's the XBLA of indie is the vibe I'm getting from it. It's, mm-hmm. an, indep- it's an indie Xbox Live Arcade, and it's got some serious potential. Um, I've played dish- uh, Dishwasher of course on it, and that's a lot of fun. I'm not it's impossible to tell what's going on in it, but I'm sure I'm having fun. Um, it's, <laughs> it's the yeah, anti-space it's, giraffe. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> it's as confusing as space giraffe, but you're actually entertained. And not just watching some sad old man try and relive the 60s when he could get an erection. Um, <laughs> and I also play Jelly Car, which is amazingly the most annoying thing I've ever played. Yeah, <laughs> it's is, it's just a it's a drawing of a car that gets stuck inside a platform, so you cannot move it. While <laughs> a man, while a man just goes wibbly wobbly wibbly wobbly wibbly wobbly over and over again, and you just think this is shit, and then stop playing the game. And I think that's how you win. It's basically <laughs> it's 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 literally like Sim get your car stuck in a ditch. That's all it is. Like I didn't play it that I didn't play it, but I was walking up and down the GDC show floor, and they had all those X and A games playing. And every single time I saw someone playing a uh, Jelly Car, they were they a they looked really really angry, and b the the car was always stuck in the exact same, just like upside down, impossible to get out position. That's the thing. It the very within three seconds of playing, <laughs> it went through the platform that it was on and just stuck there. On the pl- within within three seconds, <laughs> I grew. I, I pressed a button. I said, "What does this button do?" It made the car grow really big, and then it sank into a platform <laughs> and stayed there while a man kept going wibbly wobbly wibbly wobbly wibbly wobbly to try and convince me that this bad drawing of a car was somehow made of jelly. <laughs> that doesn't sound very fun. That can't. That car doesn't look like jelly. Oh wait, somebody's saying wibbly wobbly. It must be. It jelly. must be. Yeah. Oh because yeah. Now, now it's jelly. In, yeah, that happens in real life. I'm eating <laughs> jelly and it's going wibbly wobbly wibbly wobbly. Get that spoon out. You're hurting me. <laughs> <laughs> I have to wear earplugs every time I make lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking jelly car. See this. This. It's games like Jelly Car that make me view indie gaming with suspicion. <laughs> Suspicion and fear and a hatred of students. That's what <laughs> games like Jelly Car induce. We need more I wish you'd gotten like a chance to check out some of the more badass stuff, though. Because it's like as well, far away from you, Jelly Car as you can possibly get. I heard you talking about it on Retro Force Go on your reverence, saying about all these great indie games. And some of them sound good, but then I hear about games like that, that static one where the game is just static. And yeah, the static one's not fun. Instantly, I just think this is pretentious horseshit. It's no wonder indie games suffer so much with this pretentious student crap and stuff like, like fucking Jelly Car. Yeah, it's like that, that static game. I mean, 
I posted a link to that because they were talking about it in the uh, it was like an experimental game design workshop and like I, th- I thought it was pretty ballsy of them to do to to talk about that game because it was like very obviously not that great but their whole point was just let's see what we can do just for the sake of doing it. like you you were saying it is pretentious but that was like, kind of the point but like the stuff that's not pretentious the really cool shit like you know like audio surf or crayon physics or world of goo I wish I could like send you I, c- I guess I can well, at some point I don't know but, I mean. My computer can't really take that kind of stuff because I have some serious memory problems on this old piece of shit. But when when I finally upgrade, which will be in about eight months' time now when I move, um, then send me all the indie stuff you like because I'll be able to play it on a computer that isn't made out of a cardboard box and some cornflakes. But, <laughs> I mean, I really, I really wish I could check out some of this indie stuff, but right now I'm literally tied down to consoles because I just don't have a PC. That, I mean, this fucking PC, the memory... I don't know what's eating the memory, but I can't even play fucking Quake 2 back in the habit on this thing. Oh, so, my God. Quake so 2 I back in the habit? <laughs> yeah. I have this... I have this... Excuse the word, but I do have this bad habit of just suffixing everything that ends with a two with back in the habit. Well, that, um, that beats the uh, the bullshit meme, you know, the electric boogaloo meme. So, Oh, my okay. God. That's, well, that's the, what I do. You guys I just do... did the exact um, conversation that Jim had with Nex like 10 podtoids ago. Like Aaron right? was saying what Nex said and Jim was saying what Jim said. That's insane. That was like deja vu times 10. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, yeah. So, anyway, Jeff Mintz is a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Way to bring us back, dude. <laughs> I thought you were going to say right. something. Did you have anything no, else to say? Other? Okay. No, not really. But I mean, did you're you get into to... censorship. <laughs> did you get a chance to play any anything, or was it really just that you tried to go to the show floor and you were cockblocked at every turn? I I got to play some things. I mean, oh, oh well, no, wait, that's bullshit. I got to. Well, I mean, everyone saw that. I, I wrote the impressions post for um, Street Fighter Four. That was awesome. Yeah, um, everybody read that. We were so interested to hear about your fucking impressions of Street Fighter Four, Lindy. We're oh, so fuck you. You guys, oh we're God. on the edge of our seats to read your shit. That cat's got claws. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. That kitten has claws. That's that's the diminutive part of it. No, um, watch no, out, uh, watch out, fellas. That kitten has claws. No, no. It's just I, I just don't want to restate a whole bunch of bullshit about Street Fighter Four. That's the only thing. Is like you know, it was there. Everyone got a chance to read it. It's okay. Um, but yeah, so there was that, and that was neat. What else did I fucking play? Um, that's pretty much is it. it. Most true of the that, is it was... true that Bridget is a guy in Street Fighter Four? That's no. what I heard about it. Oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> but 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 Balrog has, has three dicks. That that's that's the most uh, interesting addition. <laughs> that explains that, uh, why he can't kick. Boxing gloves on them. I was gonna say yeah, that makes sense why he can't kick if he's got three dicks to contend with. Yeah, everything would hurt him. Um. Let's see. Let's move right on into just regular news shit. Uh, first big thing. It's not necessarily gaming related, but you know it has something to do with technology, so why not? Uh, HD DVD is pretty much officially dead. Uh, Microsoft has admitted that they're not going to... I mean, no, nobody gives a shit. Toshiba gave it up. Microsoft doesn't care anymore. Does this have any effect on you guys? Do you guys care at all? I know no. I do, because I fucking bought an HD DVD player for my dad like a month ago. <laughs> Did you really? Get, oh, Wait a minute. Why? Was it just a month ago? Get a price match, dude. It was, no, Those it was places. like from Amazon. It was from Amazon, so it wasn't like it was for well, cheap. What's, it was, what's, I, I know, but like if it was, I know if it was after the first price drop, though, you could probably get to send it back and, and get your refund, though. No, like no, seriously, no. don't put up with that shit because that wouldn't fucking infuriate me. <laughs> like, but yeah, it yeah, I know it affects you, and that that sucks. But I mean, I don't know. I'd like to think that by and large, you know, most gamers don't give it. I don't know. Do you think this is going to help just the PS3 at all? Uh, it it certainly it didn't hurt. 
yesterday when I bought my PS3. Like, it was like, okay, well, now I have a Blu-ray player, and I know that's going to last. So I was like, that's kind of cool. But you know what's actually kind of weird is that is that I, having the PS3, suddenly see the appeal of having that sort of all-in-one set-top box. So much so that I'm really pissed off that, and thinking about returning my PS3 and getting a 60 gig from a guy I found online for the same price, which is pretty cool. Um, uh, I, I like the idea of being able to do everything with one console, which is weird because normally it's like I don't give a shit. But like the idea of being able to play movies, and it does like it does streaming right out of the box. Like I didn't know that it does DivX and all that shit. So all the movies I have on my computer and all the videos and such that I've downloaded, all of that will just stream automatically. It's like so I can watch movies, play games. If I could just play my PS2 and PS1 games, like I could just leave this hooked up forever and like not have to, you know, put up anything else. And that's kind of cool. But as for movies, like I don't have a TV that's nice enough to give a shit, but it's nice in that down the road kind of way, you know. I can dig it. Jim but most Tiff. gamers are like, "Well, Dad bought me a fucking thirty-eight inch fucking HD TV of death." So, yeah, know. that's true. More I often than not, no. Go ahead, go. Ahead. I, I was just gonna say, like, I I don't I don't think it'll really matter that much, and I don't know. I I'm not very good at predicting the way that technological stuff will uh, evolve. I guess, but I don't think that whether it's Blu-ray or HD DVD or any of that disc stuff is going to matter because in in time it's all just going to be digital download things. I mean, people are already starting to do it, and eventually, like the hard medium of CDs or whatnot is just going to become totally invalid. Um, so, I don't think. I mean, great one one like Blu-ray is the winner, woo, whatever. But it, I mean, in the long run, I don't think it's going to matter. So I don't know. That's how. That's what I think. Well, that also ties into something that Chris Taylor was recently talking about, where he's talking about pe- people were saying that you know PC gaming is dying or is dead, depending on how alarmist they are. And he's saying the only way to save it is to basically completely, like you were saying, completely get away from any sort of disks and make it into this server-based system where you have to, to, to stop piracy, where you have to log onto the server and, and authenticate your purchase and stuff like that. Are you guys at all, is that interesting or frightening to you guys, or what do you think, Jim? Well, first off, I heard of it. What's going on? <laughs> Basically, trying to, he's trying to defeat piracy by, like, so they won't, he, he wants to see a world where one day there aren't any DVDs or retail or anything like that, where it's just Steam and stuff like that. Oh, I mean, I th- um, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't pirate anyway, generally, so it doesn't really affect me. I buy, you know, um, but then I don't have a, a high-end PC on which to pirate, so maybe if I did, actually, definitely if I did, I would, but I don't, so I won't. So if they do that next week, then <laughs> it won't bother me. So they should do it next week and be done by Tuesday and then go back to normal. That's what I think, because I've only just heard about it, so I I don't have an opinion yet. Fair enough. Aaron? Uh, Didn't I just... Well, kind of said everything about it already. I I don't know. Um, I I don't care. (laughs) I'm too broke to afford anything that will make it worthwhile. So at this point, I'm just kind of like, eh. Fair enough. Everybody stay quiet for 10 seconds because I'm going to edit all that out because that went nowhere. (laughs) It's not your fault, obviously. It's just a shitty subject choice on my end. Shitty host. Yeah, shitty host. Shitty host. I I said shut the fuck up, Tiff. Sorry. (laughs) 
God damn it. I was like when they try and make you do ten second silences in school to remember the dead, and we still yeah. All it's, nobody nobody gives a shit about the dead, man. It's like fuck the, the fuck? dead, especially the war dead. <laughs> you know, now I actually might keep this in because something came out of it. Fuck it. Uh, let's just move on to something reliable that we can all get pissed off about. Uh, the the game the hypocrisy over a governor who basically an anti game legislation governor whose son made a a board game about getting you know raped in prison and shanking bitches and doing uh, deals with cocaine and stuff like that. And Jim, you made the post. What, what, what did you feel about all this? Was it anything new or is this just an extension of the same shit we're getting just much more sweeter? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, how <laughs> sweet are them apples? Subject, yeah. That was like your evil <laughs> scientist laugh. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. I love that story. I really do. It's just, I mean, it's still, it's really no different from what's happened to video games with what's happening to that board game. And I do think that the the Republican who's going after the board game is a fucking douchebag for doing it. But the very fact that this governor has, you know, tried to pass this anti-gaming, you know, these, this game legislation and everything and said, oh, there's so much bad shit going on in video games and they're teaching our children bad stuff and her own son is selling this game about prison rape and putting glass in lasagna to kill people. Um, it's just it's just the sweetest plum and it's nice it's just it's nice to see her getting it's it's not just a little taste of what the games industry has to put up with. It's exactly what the games industry have to put up with. Because that game is not made purely to shock people. It's Apparently it's got some sort of point to it. But the guys going after it completely missed the point. And, and she will, to defend her son, I bet you she will use the exact same arguments that she completely ignored when it came to video games. The sad thing is she's not going to learn from it because... Like most people, she's a cunt, but she will, you know, it's just, fuck her. Fuck her, and fuck the person involved, and fuck the guy who made the game. It's probably rubbish, I don't know, I've never played it. But just fuck them all, except for me, who has won a little bit, somehow. Somehow, indirectly, I'm the victor. I just love that before the shit went down with people finding out about the game, she was like being reported as like super proud of her son for creating this. She's like, "Oh, this is so yeah. great!" It's like it reminds me of the of you know how Dick Cheney's family is like, "Fuck fags! Fags shouldn't be allowed to marry." Not fags or dykes are welcome in the Republican Party, and then fucking his daughter turns out to be a lesbian, and like fags deserve. I mean, gay people deserve rights. Like fucking, it takes all it takes is somebody close to you to have the exact same to to to, to bring reason into your life. And then all of a sudden, your entire morality changes just magically. Mm. Like, isn't that funny how that works? Very yeah, funny I think, indeed. I think it's really interesting that, um, <clears throat> I mean, the the mere comparison between the two mediums, like video games versus board games, and how how the similar, you know, like it's the same issue with the board game, but it was revealed in a different way through a different medium. So, sorry, I'm getting somewhere with this. In conclusion. Um, <laughs> I think it's. I mean, I think it's obvious. What this obviously points to is just how how over sensationalized the whole video game thing is right now. Like, if if violent board games were the hot topic of this century, then that's what we'd be talking about. But we're not. We're talking about video games, and 
because this board game was a board game, it wasn't given as much attention until the video game stuff was mixed into it. So I think that's telling. Yeah. And no, you're right, because it does, it does show the ridiculousness of it, the fact that people are getting up in arms over a board game. Yeah. And then you... And you can mirror that with video games, and that is equally as ridiculous. They're fucking video games. They're not, you know, they're not made out of the skin of babies and crack cocaine. It's just, it's a plastic disc with fun things on it. You know, yeah. the, even, the term, even the term violent video game is, is a complete sham of a term. Video games are not violent. They may depict images of violence, but they are not violent. You know, unless you wield them like frisbees of death and throw them at people's faces, which Wii Sports is a violent can game. be fun. Well... It is. Shut up. That's not my point. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the, it is funny that the exact... The exact arguments that most people, because you know, every generation they say, "Oh, rock and roll is going to fuck our kids over." Don't listen to it. Uh, black people having rights is going to fuck our kids over. Don't you know? And it's 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 they always find just a couple words to um to use in their argument to differentiate themselves from the f- earlier arguments that, that that the previous generation made that were eventually destroyed by progressivism. And this time around, it seems to be well, the act of interactive of of being interactive with this violent stuff. I mean, movie, violent movies are okay, but the act of actually doing interactive stuff with this is so dangerous and that's what's going to fucking put our kids over the edge. It's like that's the exact thing you can say about board games. There's no difference in those little two words that are, are supposedly so, so dangerous and have the such a difference is like the means of input, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like it's still interactive. I'm still rolling dice to go around and shank people and kill them with lasagna. But I mean well, like – you know, and it's, Yeah, and, and it's funny too because like I've, I've – some of the – I used to play – I'm sure everyone could probably guess the fact that I used to play D&D when I was younger. And some of the, some of the rounds that we would have, some of the games – like I had a really fucked up DM, like right. This guy that we used to hang out with would would DM our rounds, and like he was the most fucked up dude on the planet. And we would end up doing the most heinous, like he would do evil campaigns just so we can rape and pillage. Like, and I'm just like, and I'm always like, no, dude, I'm true neutral. I don't fuck that way, you know. No, fuck you, I'm not doing that. And he's like, no, you must rape. Like, I mean, it was it was horrific. I've I've done the most fucking horrifying shit in D and D, and meanwhile, it's like you know, and you know. PC games and, and console games, it's like it's it's tame in comparison. Christ. Yeah. That, that uh, also one of our um, formites, well, I guess the sea loggers named Harassment Panda. Actually, I don't know fucking how he did this, but he got to talk to Supreme Court Justice Scalia about video game legislation, and he was asking him. You know, he asked him a lot of stuff. Yeah, how the fuck he just, did he do that? I don't fucking know. I've no. How do just, we have access to? I was going to say, Justice, Justice Scalia and Destructoid.com are two things that should never be used in the same sentence. I mean, that's that's way too important. I mean, Destructoid.com and farts, maybe. Destructoid.com and Supreme Court Justice, no. But he, he asked him about the, the, the constitutional aspects of, of video game legislation, and he basically said, uh, video game legislation for adults, no, but for kids, yeah, because they don't have that same uh, protection. I mean, is that... I don't know about you guys, but that to me sounded like a much more reasonable answer than I would expect from one of the most conservative judges on the on the Supreme Court. Does did you feel anything special about that, Aaron? Um, you know, it's I don't know. It's always good to hear some, you know, measure of of reason and such. But like, I I don't know. I think that the only reason that it bugs me and like I I don't know. My okay, here's the thing. My brother recently had a kid, and there's a second one on the way. Um, he's probably eventually, I mean, he's not a very big gamer anymore, but he still plays a lot of games. He's probably eventually going to introduce that kid to the world of gaming, and, and, and there are going to be restrictions 
that I am, uh, you know, undoubtedly will be put in place. And I'm cool with that. I like that idea. It's it's a good thing that my brother does that. I understand that, you know, it's that there are plenty of games that fucking children should not play. But it just it still bothers me that that you know that there uh, that that anyone would consider legislation to restrict anybody from anything. Like that's what freaks me out. It's 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 the it's the First Amendment aspect of the of the discussion that really concerns me, and that everyone is willing to toss that aside just because of the nature of the medium, um, really freaks me out. Because it's you know video games will not be the last new media that that we are confronted with in our lifetime, and eventually we're going to have to make a choice as to how far the First Amendment you know extends. So it's comforting to hear Justice Scalia engage in a conversation with some degree of you know like he you know common sense, like just saying. Well, okay, no, we're not saying that everyone can't. We're just saying that it's probably a good idea to keep kids away from it. That's true, but in the you know the concept of in introducing legislation at all has been and always will be what makes me uncomfortable about the discussion, and what concerns me about what you know Clinton and and several other you know fear mongering douchebags are trying to do. You know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Anything to add, Tiff or Jim? <clears throat> I've been I've been thinking. Oh, sorry, Tiff, go ahead. No, 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 I didn't have anything to say. Oh, okay. I was like, I've been thinking about the video game law for a while now. And just trying to, because, I mean, I, don't, I live in a country where there, where there is already a law in place. You know, if you sell a game or, or a movie to a minor, you will get slapped with a fine. You know, you will get fucked over. Um, so I already live where that exists, but not just for games. I mean, any selling any overaged product to an underage kid so on the one hand i don't i can't see the fundamental issue with the video game law apart from the fact that it purely singles out video games quite unfairly and that it's a video game law you know which just completely demonizes the entire industry and you know mr schwarzenegger would not have a movie law just like you know mr thompson or mr leland yee or miss clinton um would not have a bible law which we discussed last time you know they wouldn't stand for it they'd say it's unconstitutional and unfair but video games fuck them you know that's the attitude i have an issue with um but, on the other hand, you know, I don't think there's a problem with children playing violent video games. That's my bottom line on that. I think it's harmless, and I think the idea that you should wrap a child in a bubble and completely isolate them from any kind of violent media whatsoever, I think that is more dangerous than anything else. You know, they... They use they people like to throw the word desensitize around like it's some sort of bad dirty word. No, I think keeping a child overly sensitive is far more dangerous than any so-called desensitization. You wrap a kid in a bubble, and as soon as you let him out of that bubble when he's eighteen or whatever, he's gonna be in for a rough fucking ride when he's just thrown out into the real world and gets to see what it's actually like out there. Yeah, the weirdest motherfuckers I've ever met were homeschooled. That's oh yeah, they, well they always are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I agree that like you know my mom, you know, basically when I was old enough to ask her questions that she didn't understand was essentially you know like if I was asking her questions about you know that that seemed adult like in nature, that's when she kind of realized that I I you know when when it came to the kind of shit that I was digesting, I would typically engage in an, you know uh, enough thought that I could you know determine you know, for myself, what was appropriate or not. So after I was like 13, you know, she stopped, she stopped, you know, it's not that she didn't give a shit. She just kind of stopped trying to police, you know, what 
shit I did and, you know, consumed and looked at. Mm. But there is a limit. I, I mean, like, okay, in the case of my niece, right, I, I don't want her playing Manhunt 2. I, I you know, not not only because it's just a, it's a horrifying game at all, because it's really fucking shitty, but, um, <laughs> uh, like, I just, I think there, I, I understand the reasoning. But that's the thing. It's like, it's fucking up to the parents, and that's what's really disheartening. It's like, why can't we just let parents do their fucking jobs? Why can't we let it's... them make the decision? I agree that, to a point, it's like, if you tell a 16-year-old kid, no, you can't do that until you're 18, as if this arbitrary fucking age is going to have anything to do with it, with an individual's ability mm. to perceive and understand anything. That's one thing. That's stupid. But but you know, I don't want a five year old kid playing Manhunt too. And if if it if you know if someone's gonna get all up in arms about like, oh no, that's what are you trying to do? That's let's well no, it's just common sense. You know, no one wants a five. If a five year old kid wanted an EB games with a fifty dollar bill and asked for Manhunt too, you know something's up. But um, <laughs> I I just I just don't think it's necessarily all that bad. But like there there is a, a limit. But the thing is that limit should be you know uh, governed by common sense, which is something that I think we're sorely lacking these days well i was just i mean i was just gonna ask do you have an alternative alternative uh i guess idea for no 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 absolutely none which is why i mean there is there is no better method except to you know hope to christ that parents actually do their fucking jobs yeah that is is the alternative method it's a very utopian one i mean i said on podcast that in a perfect world we wouldn't need any, we wouldn't need an ESRB. We wouldn't need a BBFC. We wouldn't need ratings boards. We would just throw this stuff out. There'd be you know, information on it telling you what's in this. And then a parent can make an informed decision, think, I want my child to play this. I don't want my child to play this. I want my child to watch this. I don't want my child to watch this. They wouldn't need like a, the number 18 in a big red circle to tell them what to do. But we don't live in a perfect society. We live in a world full of fucking idiots. Right. One of the most one of the most disheartening things I'd ever heard, and this is going to sound like a, a sidetrack, but it's not. I have a I have an, an ethics in film and TV class at, at uh, the university I go to, and the professor is this really articulate, really cool kind of guy. And he somebody asked, you know, he would he would he would show us movies like Natural Born Killers or Commando or, or uh, Kids. Completely, everybody in the class misunderstood Kids. They're like, why is it so like child porn? It's like, fuck you, kill yourself, you're an, you're an idiot. But um. <laughs> He would say, you know, people, all the, all the students would be like, well, why, why, why is it up to us to censor our own vision and make our, our message that less potent, the, the stuff we're trying to get across, when it should ultimately be up to the parent to, um, to, to fucking watch out for their kids? And it should be the parent's thing that they're the ones who are protecting their kids and deciding what they should or shouldn't watch. That's not our responsibility as artists. And by the way, this is a guy who in the textbook he made us buy that he wrote – uh, has a very small chapter with entirely hearsay evidence on how video games will make you violent because Wait a minute, he, he wrote sa- this textbook. Yeah, every, every, I mean, every professor does that. You write the textbook, make the kids buy it, you get money. But he uh, wrote, he has a really. Little, I've never had a professor that does that. Maybe I've you heard have stories. Really, I mean, I know what happens, but I mean, I'm just that's worth that's definitely worth noting and highlighting. <laughs> that, it's it's uh, lit- literally ninety percent of my professors bag. at ASU have make oh, Thomas do that. I don't know why. I don't know why. Really. Yeah, it's it's literally like that, and we I'm don't even necessarily read the books out of all that Arizona. much. Yeah, <laughs> that was what Fuck San Francisco taught me: is that the rest of the world is actually not as awful as Arizona would have you believe. But anyway, he has this little little uh, blurb that says, "Hey, for an experiment to test whether or not video games make you violent, especially first-person shooter video games, play a first-person shooter video game and then take your pulse. Then play a video game where you can see your avatar. These are called third-person video games, and see how excited you are. See, first-person shooter video games make you violent because you're." being the character that's the kind of guy we're dealing with so anyway somebody asked you know everybody says why isn't it just up to the parents and he says 
look, it would be great if parents would just watch out for their kids, but that is not the world we live in. So we have to decide what we can do to make the world either better or not as bad or not worse than what it currently is as artists. So what I mean, and that sounds pretty, but he's essentially saying just give up. You know, never, yeah. never even think about making parents change their minds. It's why would we ever put responsibility on the parents? It's just, that's a lost cause that we lost forever ago. That's it's never going to come communism back. talk. Yeah, that's it's fucking ridiculous. Communism talk. Lower, lower yourself to make up for the mediocrity of others. What a load of shit. Yeah, it's yeah. this I'm, man's a professor. See, I, I'd honestly, I you know, and when I think about it, I'd honestly let every state pass a you know, we'll fine you for selling games to minors. I'd be cool with that. So long as the adult, as the adults only rating didn't completely screw a game, like if mm. if, if 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 making sure by legislation or fines or whatever that children couldn't get access to the goriest, most horrific of games possible, if that meant that publishers wouldn't shy away from publishing a game that you know that that put on for display the full breadth of of an artist's vision, I'd totally be up for that. But apparently, but that's still not what it is. It doesn't matter how the law changes. It's still, you know, or, or not the how the law changes, but what laws are put into effect or how the standards change. And AO rating and, you know, still means, you know, essentially, you know, commercial death it's for your death, product. Yeah. Which, yeah, which in turn limits, you know, what publishers and developers are willing to do with a game, which is really sad because I'm not saying that I want every game to be like, you know, a video game version of Natural Born Killers. I, I don't need that. But if a game is going to include a, lot, a whole lot of tits and a whole lot of cursing and a whole lot of blood... And you know, someone's trying to make a game, you know, based on those elements, and and that's what they're going for. Then fuck it, why can't they? You know, that's what really kills. It pisses me off is that we, uh, you know, a bunch of kids are stealing my fucking enjoyment for me. <laughs> God damn it! Mm, because I, their parents are dumb shits. I do my favorite. Go ahead, Jim. I was just saying, I do hate how all this anti-video game shit is dressed up as protecting the chillins. It's just. That in that almost sounds like a cop out to me. It's almost like the children are an excuse to give these people full license to exert their social control and force their beliefs on others. It's like banning gay marriage, essentially. I don't trust this, I don't understand this, let's ban it. <coughs> for the children. For the sake of the children and, you know, for the sake of society, for the saving of us all. Let's ban gay marriage and manhunt. Both those things together will make the world a better place. Idiots. Fucking, yeah. All right, well, on that note, that irritating, fucking, aggravating note, let's move right on into uh, reader questions. First, from Anguzum, and this will be a nice change because it's, it's lighthearted and it's totally opinion, but he asks, uh, what would you guys want to see in a Destructoid game? Now, he's not being theoretically here. Like, he and a lot of the form, or the, the, the C bloggers and stuff actually are thinking about making their own Destructoid Flash games. So, what would you guys want to see in a Destructoid game? Jim? I want to be the bad guy. Can I be the bad guy? I can wear a I also want to be the bad guy. Yeah, we can be the bad guys. We all want to be the bad guy. No, 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 no. But Jim and I, but no, no. But here's the thing Jim and I are probably the fattest staffers, you know, on Destructoid. For that reason alone, like, we would make a really awesome, like, pair of beat-em-up villains. You know, like, yeah. the guys in Final Fight that were, like, there were two of them, right? They were wearing fucking, like, PJMs and shit or something. It was messed up. And they would yeah, come out and beat the fucking shit out of you, and it would be awesome. Like, that's it. But then that's that means you can't, be, you can't be the ultimate bad guy, then. You have to be, like, henchmen. There are no two yeah, ultimate but I'm, bad guys. Yeah, but I'm English. Then make Chad the ultimate, ultimate bad guy. guy. That's true. That's Chad and the Dolphin. Enough. Chad, well, you know, Chad's Chad's the good like one of the dudes is ma- on the in the forums is making a Retroforce Go like cartoon, 
and I get to be the bad guy that one, and Chad is like king of the dolphins and all that shit. So Chad, <laughs> I think Chad's gonna be a good guy no matter that's what. That's cute, and that's pretty cool. Well, what if what if they had to proceed through the game and defeat all of the editors in order to make them join your team? Like, so everyone could be a bad guy. Ooh, just, just throwing that cool. out there. That's pretty cool. Just so long I as know. my beard is a playable character, that's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know or an he was accessory. asking. <laughs> Power up. Grab oh yeah, yeah. His beard. It's like, and Guzum was know. like. He was asking a couple of times, I think, because nobody replied to the first post. But he was saying, "Should it be a, a tower defense game or a beat 'em up?" And I said, "Beat 'em up with like the yeah. most." Beat 'em up. Yeah, gotta be a beat 'em up mm. as far as I'm concerned. Beat 'em oh, up. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So I'd that like answers that. A... Oh, okay. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'd like to see. I wouldn't mind seeing an RPG. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, you could have some editors as as like the party, and you can have like a, a clique of evil. Destructoid editors, basically, basically the readers that people like and and the assholes like <laughs> me and Suma, we could be the bad guys. You know, it's funny that you say that because when Franz was still a really big force around on Destructoid, he was talking to me about you know maybe we should try this prototype RPG thing, and he was pitching me the plot, and it was literally that it was things are good in Destructoid Town, and then Suma comes along and turns the game <laughs> to darkness. I'm not even joking; I'm 100 percent serious. And Suma turns the game to darkness, and you have to find the good editors and overthrow his empire. Like that was before we could co- like openly call him out on his bullshit. That was the sort of like uh, that you was know, that's that's us being engaged being- in. Yeah, that that's that's us like that's the insurgency at the structure. That's us being yeah. bad. <laughs> pathetic and passive aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> Which um, is pretty much how we were all the time back then. God. Yeah. Our discussions were pathetic. It's like, hey man, how much do you fucking hate Suma today? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you later, buddy. Dude, 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 dude no, no, dude. you laughed. Like, that's, that's how, how I... Anthony and I became friends. That's it like how literally we started that. talking. I am not yeah. friends with anybody on this site were it not for Suma, so I should actually thank him for that. Like, I'm on Retroforce Go. Retroforce Go exists because Suma was a douchebag. And I'm friends with everybody because of Retroforce Go. So, thanks, Suma. Get hit by a bus. Uh, suit Code Adventure. <laughs> oh, you're going to make him right on the epileptic gaming forums now. But, oh, man, these structures are so mean to me, man. <laughs> and and mention, mention, mention how shit our... Um, audio and visual output is by referencing that even Jimmy Sterling has a podcast now. Fuck you, Suma. You sound like a, <laughs> you sound like a lisping crumpet man and you, <laughs> and you, you date children. There is oh, that. Man. There is that. Yeah. We'll always okay. have that. <laughs> Our next question comes from Suit Coat Avenger. And he says that given a good bit of GDC is about all the next innovation, what's the one standard of modern game design that you want to see retired? Lives, specific save, save points, the dreaded sewer level? Tiff? Oh, that's a really tough one. I, uh, I really like that question. I think it's a really good question. Can you answer it first then while I think about it? Okay, uh, sure. I, I, think, I think lives, I don't need lives anymore. I don't, I'm not okay with the idea of like, well, in, in most, oh, I mean, in some with- we, we, we gamers, they're the only lives we get. <laughs> I, no, I, I, mean, I think, like, well, no, it, it depends on the context of the game, right? And a shoot 'em up or a beat 'em up live. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. It's like, but, hardcore games notwithstanding, like, I don't see any reason why uh, something like, well, what is it, the club requires I have so many continues or something like that. I, it, it just doesn't really seem like it makes that much sense to me. It, it doesn't just, make much sense in like Mario Galaxy either, does it? Because it's basically you yeah. Because you just you, you go to, back to the, the, the only thing that happens is you go, yeah you go back to the hub world and that's it. That's like the, that's the only that's the only punishment. So yeah, I totally agree. 
like I was seeing, I was seeing Fez and Braid on the show floor, and all these other indie games, and they they've pretty much given up on the idea of lives, which I think is really cool because it lets you exp- it makes you less afraid of experimentation and just trying shit out and having fun, which is what's the but, point. Well, I, I mean, I think that I, th- I think that's really neat, but I also think that I think oh, that having the option something condescending what? is coming. You called me neat. No, <laughs> that's so cute. <laughs> that's a cute little idea you had there, Mister Thinker. There. No, I well, I think that. <laughs> I'm not trying to be condescending. Um, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I think, I think that what you're saying about lives makes sense, and I think that not having lives and being able to experiment and wander around without having to worry about dying is great. But in the same sense, like I don't really want to give up entirely on lives or save points or any of those things because it does still like have that nice, challenging framework, which I don't think that we should totally erase from a game because mm. it offers That's- challenge. And uh, like talking about rich again i was talking to him about when he was making a uh, rat maze 2 which is one of his games and it's a timed game you only have a minute to run around and get cheese it's a very simple concept and people were complaining that it was too hard because it was timed and but that's the whole point of the game you're supposed to get as much cheese as you can before the time runs out and a comment like that makes me upset because it's like well what's the challenge then you know if you have no time limit and you're just wandering around getting cheese like what's the point you well, need yeah, something to challenge point? you so, right. I mean, I think, I think that definitely there's value to giving up – sorry, this is just about lives – but giving up lives so that you do have that sort of freedom of exploration. But on the same end of things, like they're, they're good as standards of, of you know, uh, yeah, challenge and stuff like that. That is true. Bioshock you- definitely suffered from having like unlimited Vita Chamber. Yeah. So you- I wasn't right. being condescending, okay? No, no, no. You were right. I, I, I well, take least, back Yeah, but, but you know, they, they did amend that. At least in the update, you can turn those off, which does make the game fucking brutal hard. Awesome. Crazy brutal hard, and you actually in in if you turn off Vita Chambers, um, in fact, uh, I had a buddy who recently played it, and I just told him, he got the game for the first time like a month ago, and I told him, okay, when you get the game, play it like you would any other first person shooter, quick save, quick load, do not use Vita Chambers, turn that off, and you will learn to fear the big daddy, and that's exactly what happened. He like he actually didn't fight some of them, just because oh, he was awesome. like, I can't, I can't handle it, I can't do it because I'm gonna lose and it's gonna suck and there's no way I can fight him right now. So he'd actually, you know, say, "Okay, I can't fight this guy right now. I'll go back later," and it actually made it a better game for him. You know, that's mm. badass. Jim, were you going to say something? Um, I was going to. No, I was just going to agree with Tiff really. That I mean, I I played Lego Star Wars for like the first time actually last last year after hearing all these great things about it, and realized I could not die no matter what I did, and. Some people seem to think that's awesome. I've seen reviews of it where they go, oh, it's great, you can't die. It's just focusing on fun. But it's not fun. It's just walking around. That's all, that's all the game is. It's just fucking walking around. There's no... I don't know. I, just, I, I don't well, like a game where you're invincible. I just don't see the... Yeah, I mean, it turns into a different game entirely. Like, the gameplay yeah. mechanic is just totally transformed. So yeah. there are games that are great where there are no lives and you can wander around and do whatever you want. But there are also games that are really great because you have that challenge or that sort of desperate understanding that you are not invincible and that you have to ration your actions depending on that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's room for both extremes. Like, there's, I mean, yeah. I, I play like a lot, well, okay, I play a shitload of shoot-em-ups and, uh, and I like games that rape my ass. I love it because I love getting raped in the ass because I love cocks in my ass. I got to draw that out because someone else will if I don't. I was gonna um, say thank, thank you for making those jokes so we couldn't. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so, uh, 
But like, uh, you know, I, I love games like that. And at the same time, you know, I like games where it's just there's no challenge whatsoever because the game either serves to be something other than a challenging game. It's an experience. You know, Res is kind of like that, where Res is not very challenging at all. But the thing about Res is that it's it's not about the challenge. It's not really so much even about the gameplay. It's about the experience. Same with a game like Passage, which is not challenging. It's it's literally not a challenge. You just you experience it and then it ends. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think like yeah, that, that I don't want my the, the standard middle of the road games, the games that we're going to be playing on consoles, the games that are going to be released commercially. I I don't want them to be fucking easy. I'm really tired of easy games. I, I want to be challenged. It's like if you burn through a game in like you know four hours, like some people are saying they did with God of War: Chains of Olympus on the PSP. It's like, well, what the fuck? Like, why can't you just you know? I don't know. I, I think. Oh, I'm just gonna, oh sorry. I'll, I'll just I just want to say that I know I understand and and absolutely agree with the fact that it's a very difficult thing to balance gameplay and and balance mm. difficulty. I I understand that, but like at the same time, it's like I think developers too often err on the side of of caution in the direction in which they they just say okay, well let's just tone it down a bit because it's it, rather than it, p- developers would rather make the mistake of making a game too easy than making a game so difficult that most of the people that play it can't progress beyond a certain point. Which is really depressing to me because it's like we're all becoming soft. That's true. I take back everything I said. Everything I said was wrong. But that was just one part of the question. What, what, what? Personally, to you guys, what do you want to see retired? That's currently status quo in terms of gaming. Is there anything that comes to mind? I thought of something while we were talking. Um, do tell. Well, one of the things that I get really frustrated with is just like the intro tutorial part of the beginning of a game. I mean, if it's developed really well, then it's one thing, but I just get really fidgety when I'm sitting with a game and I haven't really jumped into it yet when I'm just starting it. So like like Bioshock, for example, is great because you're there. Like it happens. Like it starts and you start walking around and you start the game and you have all like the little tutorial stuff, but it's very integrated. It, with it the drops you right into the action. Right. Pretty much. I mean, you don't yeah. even see any sort of like it's it's first person and it's immediate and you're just there. Um, and I wish more games <clears throat> gave me that sort of momentum when I pick it up. Whereas usually, <clears throat> I mean, I guess with the stories that I or the games that I've been playing, they'll have you know the whole long kind of intro chapter about what's going on and you have to talk to all these people in order to learn the tutorials and I just get kind of frustrated. Like every single military game ever made has some sort of yeah. level at the I beginning. Mean, maybe maybe yeah. I'm just really impatient, but um, I would like to see a better integrated means of that introduction as opposed that's to... A, that's a to- no, it's not impatient. I mean, that's a totally that's, legitimate that's, thing to ask yeah, for. Yeah. Like yeah. God, God of War 2 probably has the best example of that like ever in terms of integrating the tutorial with the game because it can be done and it's really fun when you do it like that so it's like why yeah. not do it yeah so that's but, uh, Aaron nothing or- will beat the nothing will beat the call of duty 4 tutorial your fruit killing skills are remarkable <laughs> that, that, that made it worth it Kim, i like how you yourself are fucking british but your british accent there just then was like not very great good at all that was fantastic <laughs> That's how he says proud, it. Sir. He goes, your fruit killing skills are remarkable. No, no, but you make him sound like a fucking ogre gate guard or something like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he you know, is. like, a, tr- like a troll from fucking... What's that? Oh, he doesn't sound like that. Playing? Uh, yeah, you right, go fine. to Mordor and you fight these fucking orcs. <laughs> you fight brown people and then you drop the terrorist bomb into the fucking volcano. But what, Aaron or Jim, do you guys have any mechanics that you'd like to see go bye-bye? Um, I have two. Oh, Jim, go ahead, please. I have, I have two two things I have a problem with. One is not so much the mechanic itself, but the presentation of the mechanic. In that game, a game will introduce a game mechanic, 
and then it will do that same thing over and over again. And I never truly thought, I never truly isolated this problem until I played Resident Evil 4, when um, at the beginning of the game, uh, near the beginning, there's a part where these, um, where the um, Ganados are throwing grenades at you, um, or sticks of dynamite, and you have to keep ducking behind this uh, dumpster um, when the uh, when the dynamite comes, so that it doesn't explode and kill you. And it was just this somewhat drawn out little sequence. And I thought, okay, <coughs> there's this little ducking ducking mechanic that we're playing here. I bet I'm going to do that several times over the course of the game until I get sick of it. Never saw it again. I never saw that ducking little ducking sequence at all for the rest of the game. There was another part, a little mini section where you pick up a crane and can use it to pick up Ganados and throw them around. And again, you think, oh, this is going to happen several times. No, only happened once. There was only one um, bit where you're sniping guys on a moving platform. There was only one minecart um, section. In other games, they do these sections over and over again. And... They felt tired. Yeah, exactly. Resident Evil 4 proved to you that you can just have a slice of everything, and only you only need it once, and just keep doing different things. And games don't do that. They just always... Assume, when you see one mechanic, you will see that mechanic over and over again. <clears throat> and Resi proved otherwise. And the other mechanic, while we're on the subject of Resi, because that's the only one that did it good, I just want to see the end of escort missions. Yeah. Just fuck them. <laughs> and and yeah. fuck fuck Sega specifically for Spartan Total Warrior, which I always prefix as Spartan Total Wanker, and it's just oh. Oh. sorry. I still I I actually played I played that game in I don't know two thousand and three, and I played I was stuck on that escort mission so much I still remember the exact line open with Spartan, you must help me get home. Over and over again I heard that. This old cunt Archimedes telling me that I have to get home. Oh, fuck, the Romans are coming. You've got to help me. I'm this old cunt and I can't help myself. I'm just going (laughs) to run around ancient Rome like some sort of doddery old bastard. And you had to fucking fight Praetorian guards that can block everything you do and ninjas running around. They didn't have ninjas in Rome. And just all this bollocks. And you have to look after yourself, which is hard enough in that game, and some old cunt. And <clears throat> escort missions just suck. Stop doing them. We don't we don't play games to look after our you know look after someone. We play games to remember that we don't have some child we've got to look after so that we <laughs> can starve to death. I'm amazed that so many developers or shitty developers keep doing that because it's like any anybody who knows anything about game design knows we're nowhere near like halfway decent NPC AI, especially friendly NPC AI. So it's like why make an entire part of the game based around the fact that we don't know what the fuck we're doing in terms of AI programming? Like it's just like pointing out your flaws to somebody. The thing is, Resident Evil Four did it right. I never had a half of that fucking game is an escort mission, and I had no problem with it because it wasn't obnoxious, it wasn't overbearing. There was just this girl you had to just make sure keep her safe. She's there. well, actually, yeah. And you know what actually made that it was incredibly forgiving. It was, and that you could you you know it basically like if someone got to her, they wouldn't just start stabbing the shit out of her. They they pick her up, like that was crucial. I mean, usually it's like. You know, with with a lot of escort missions, it's like they take damage, like you know, be it you know via direct damage or explosive or whatever. 
But in RE4, it's like if, if the Ganados got to her, they'd just pick her up and try to take her away. You shoot him in the kneecaps, he'd pick her up, you move on. You know? That yeah, you can hide her in a fucking dumpster, which was a godsend in some of those areas. Mm-hmm. I mean, she does have a health bar, but it barely goes down because it's just so well designed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Aaron? Um, well, we already covered quite a few. This is actually, like, I can't think of anything, you know, insightful to say, except for the fact that this is just gonna, probably going to piss people off, that I, I'm i actually really tired of the Call of Duty style and, you know, something that's been adopted by Halo after after the fact, too. Um, well, not really after the fact, but, you know, similarly, um, is the, the first-person shooter um, and, and now many other games, including, like, Uncharted. I played the Uncharted demo and was like, oh, fuck, they do this, too. God damn it. The... Um, the, the notion that when you get hit, you don't actually lose health. The screen just turns a little bit darker or black and whitier or something. And to recover, all you have to do is bail behind a fucking thing for a while. Um, you, you know, or, and, you know, find some cover and not get shot for a good 10 seconds. And then you're right as rain. Um, that always bothered me. I never, like, you know, and I remember talking to a buddy of mine online about it. He's like, okay, now seriously, what makes sense about a game that has, you know, health packs scattered all around a fucking jungle floor or something? I was like, what makes sense about a guy getting shot in the face of the rocket, you know, hiding for 10 seconds and then popping out feeling fine, you know? It's like, either way, you're fucked. But at least in, at least in like, the, uh, I think uh, what kills me about that shit is that it totally encourages, like, every game that includes a cover system, it's, or, or even games that don't, even just first-person shooters that don't in, in, include cover systems, Still, like, it, every every uh, skirmish is essentially like, oh, my God, there's, like, four guys. I'll shoot at them, they'll shoot at me. If they shoot me, I hang out for five seconds, I pop out, shoot them again. But then they're going to shoot me, and i got to hang out for five seconds, pop out again, shoot them some more. And it, and, and that's every fucking... God, Gears of War. Like I, I disagree. Still... No, I disagree completely, actually. Have you ever... Really? Have you played Gears of War on Insane? No. Play Gears I've of played... War on Insane. You will see it's not like that at all, because once you start doing that for a while... Out come the fuckers with the shotguns, and they just bum rush you and jump over the cover and just look at you and say, you know, fuck you, you hiding bastard, and just shoot you in the face with a shotgun. Um, but of course, know, it'd be but, like but, that but, on insane, but, though, but, isn't no, it? But, I mean, that's that's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but I mean, like... even even if you just go on like the the hardcore difficulty, that a few of them will bum rush you. I just. I've never had a... I mean, I think it's a good system. I like the, you know, the find somewhere to wait and hide and, and recover system. I think I think it's no less forgiving than having, you know, a stock of health packs that you can Oh, use. no, no. It's it's not that I think it's harder or, or less difficult. For me, it's just like, I, I don't know. For me, it discourages... It, it encourages, you know, um, just... Uh, it encourages developers just to create levels in which it's like you got a pack of guys on one end of a corridor and then you on the other... And you have to take them out from a distance because you take so much damage and you get killed so quick. It's you know that that all you can do is really shoot from afar and then keep you know crouching behind cover. I've seen like four mm. or five games do that, and it's like I like being daring. I like the fact that in fucking Half Life Two, I can storm a fucking room, take out like eight guys, and you know maybe you know take like thirty points of damage out of a hundred, but still like you know yeah motherfucker I'm the king fuck you, you know because they don't they don't build around that, that you know. When you develop a game like that and you don't include something like the, you know, the hide and regain health system, it's like you don't build your levels around the notion that players are going to need a place to hide in case they get shot, you know? I don't think, I think that's more a case of what you want, because I like those games. I like, you know, I like... It's, yeah, well, I, I don't mean, like fucking you. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you. You don't like, you no, don't I'm, like, I'm you don't Jim, like Jim, fucking I'm, Jim? I'm sorry. No, you don't uh, like well, fucking Jim? No, I do like fucking Jim. I'm, no, Jim, I'm sorry, please continue. I just, I just had to make that crack. I'm sorry. Fuck you, man. 
<laughs> All right, that's probably enough of that. Is he crying? Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> Don't uh, worry, dude. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have makeup sex later. It'll be great. We'll move on okay, to cool. our our final reader question uh, from Tubatic or. Yeah, I'm just that's how it's pronounced. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, he asked, "Is it really that bad if Nintendo starts charging for online play? Uh, it's not like it'll be a fifteen dollars a month MMO type service. Does this have any impact on on you guys? I mean, I, I have a I have a Wii, and I'm sort of looking forward to playing. I mean, I'm not a brawl fanatic, but I'm looking forward to playing it without having to pay. That was their big thing. Was free. Yeah, well, and and also like you know with with live, I mean, you you fucking get a lot of shit, and you know, and they actually have. And the Xbox has a lot of games that, you know, but, but you know, when it comes to the Wii, it's like all I'm going to play online is Smash Brothers. I don't want to pay for Smash Brothers and then a bunch of, you know, like shitty, you know, Medal of Honor Heroes 2 that I'm never going to fucking play. Fuck that. I don't want to do that. Jim, you sound like you had something to say. Don't get me started on Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Reggie Philomy, you hamburger cunt. You meaty. <laughs> You meaty man with your sausage fingers and your hamburger fists and your face. You even, he, he even looks like the hamburger. And he probably, he probably comes out sloppy joes. And, and, oh, showing off. Showing off he was with his tongue that's made out of salami. Just going, ha, 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 ha. Europe, Europe doesn't get fucking... Super Smash Brothers, those cunts, that was his exact words. Um, <laughs> I am Reggie Philomy, and I am made out of meat. That's what he said. And I heard him, I, 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 that was I, the I Nintendo him. keynote speech. <laughs> <laughs> that was the entire thing. It was one sentence. Nintendo has proven time and time again it has no idea what it's doing in the, when it comes to online gaming. They can make a lovely little Mario game. You know, I won't take that away from them. Gold star, have a banana, well done. But when it comes to online gaming, they ain't got a fucking clue. If they had a clue, they wouldn't be releasing an online game nearly six months after the US release in Europe. If they had a fucking clue, if they knew what they were doing, but they don't know what they're doing, because the Nintendo of America president has a brain made out of chops and liver, because he's a meat man, and... Um, sorry. Um, <laughs> and I think the paper play thing coming at the same time as um, Super Smash Brothers release is pure arrogance on their part because they know it's the only thing they've got, and they think they, they're gonna—they're literally charging. They're not charging you to play the Wii online. They're charging you to play Super Smash Brothers online, and it's pure has, arrogance. Has it, been, has it been confirmed that they're going to do that with Smash Brothers? If that's going to be the first. Or is it still a rumor? I, I don't know what the deal is necessarily. I don't know, but it's well, the announcement's coming at around the same time that the US release is heading there. So it's a, it's a bit of a coincidence that it's come after Super Smash Brothers has released, not from the beginning or like ages into the future. But fuck them. I mean, Jesus Christ, Mario Kart allows you the ability to do text chat in the lobby? Groove <laughs> fucking E. Hey, I've discovered this great thing, guys. It's called the internet. You can use it to c- fucking communicate electronically. Scream and letters. Need, and I don't need motherfucking friend codes to do it either on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Just wait for the uh, Nintendo fax machine. It's coming. But then the this is- 
this is coming from the company that during uh, the last generation said people don't want to play games online. So, <laughs> just fuck you, Nintendo. I've never seen a more out of touch and I company, and I think the success of the Wii is probably not a bad thing to happen to games, but the worst thing to happen to Nintendo, because I think I think they needed to fail some more. I think they needed their fucking ass kicked a bit more until they got it. I think Sony is starting to actually get with the program now it's been humbled a bit, and I think I think the lot, you know, the some of the humiliation it suffered last year was good for the company, but Nintendo, it's just been rewarded for being out of touch and bollocks, and it thinks it can do what it wants, and, you know, it's fed fed into, and uh, this paper plaything is fed into that arrogance that they've achieved. Um, pricks. <laughs> Does anybody else have anything to add to that? I don't think I could. Yeah, yeah. that's that's fair. I think we'll end uh, Podtoid45 on that note. I want to once again thank Tiff Chow, Jim Sterling, and Aaron Lindy for joining me. And thank you, listener, for listening. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Bye. He really does look like the hamburger, though. Just stick an eye He kind of, he totally kind of does. I mean, yeah. like, he looks like a strong sort of hamburger. Like, he could fuck you up, but he does look like he's, he has no, no, no. Here's, affinity here's the thing. for stealing he's, Big Mac. He's the hamburger's, uh, hamburger's, hamburger's disappointed father uh, that, that used to beat him. <laughs> Which, which turned the hamburger <laughs> to a life of crime. My dad used to beat me, Robble Robble. There's this boy I sent to the electric chair at Huntsville here a while back. My arrest and my testimony. He killed a 14-year-old girl. Papers said it was a crime of passion, but he told me there wasn't any passion to it. Told me that he'd been planning to kill somebody for about as long as he could remember. Said if they turned him out, he'd do it again. Said he knew he was going to hell. Be there in about 15 minutes. I don't know what to make of that. I surely don't. The crime you see now, it's hard to even take its measure. It's not that I'm afraid of it. I always knew you had to be willing to die to even do this job. But I don't want to push my chips forward and go out and meet something I don't understand. man would have to put his soul at hazard. He'd have to say, okay. I'll be part of this world.